This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 196 of Youpreneur FM. Thank you so much for being with me. You are in the right place. If you're an entrepreneur that's wanting to build a successful long game business based around your personal brand, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you with me. Today, I'm sitting down with a beautiful Lisa Woodruff, who not only is a Youpreneur community member, but an extremely, extremely experienced entrepreneur and, get this, a professional professional organizer. This is going to be a good one. I know a lot of you are like, oh God, I don't need to hear this, but I really truly do need to. So myself and Lisa are going to be chatting all about how you can get super organized as an entrepreneur. Before I do that, however, I would love for you to go ahead, if you haven't done so already, and sign up for the Youpreneur Launchpad. This is a free video course, and there's a few other bits and pieces thrown in for fun and games as well, that you can go ahead and download instantly, free of charge, to help you get your personal brand business off the ground and flying at full pace as quickly as possible. To get instant access, all you've got to do is head over to chrisducker.com forward slash launchpad. That's chrisducker.com forward slash launchpad. Make sure you do it. And I'll tell you what, once you're done going through it, Hit me up via email and let me know what you think. Okay, so myself and Lisa met originally as a part of her joining the Youpreneur community, uh, which if you don't know, youpreneur.com is where I hold my online mastermind community full of entrepreneurs from all around the world focusing on building a business based around their personality, their experience and what they're all about and the people they want to serve. And uh, it's a very fast growing community, but Lisa got in there pretty early on. And with all the early adopters, obviously, because I've been around them the longest, I've developed quite interesting relationships with them. Some would say very close friendships in some cases as well. And Lisa is right up there. Not only is she very, very smart and experienced, but she's just such a lovely person to be around. And so I asked her to come on the show to get us all in gear going into 2017. This is it, people. There's no more excuses, right? You've got to get your crap together right now, literally, and throw a lot of it out if Lisa's got to do with anything. But I'll tell you what, you're going to really enjoy this conversation with myself and Lisa. It was a real eye-opener for me, actually on a number of different levels, and we went backwards and forwards on a few things that we obviously agree upon and uh, enjoy the kind of the organization side of running our own businesses as well. So get your notebooks and your pens ready. It's one of those shows. Here's myself and Lisa. Enjoy, enjoy. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure, and I can't wait to get stuck in with you on the subject of organization. Because that's what you're all about, isn't it? I love organization, home organization, office organization, time organization. I love it. You do. You truly love it. And for you guys tuning in, um, Lisa is not only a Youpreneur community member, but she is seriously taking action right now. Like I, We just sat down in um, San Diego not so long ago to, to, to go through her business and her plans um, as part of a private mastermind that I held, and I was kind of blown away uh, by one, how far you've already come, Lisa, um, and two, what your plans were for the future as well. I mean, we had a great session um, for you personally, that mastermind, but you were certainly uh, 
further around the curve than some other people at the table, for sure. It was so much fun. And you know what I got most out of that day, which is kind of crazy, is just validating that I have put my 10,000 hours in. I'm almost at my five-year anniversary. I've built my business. And so I should have the confidence to take it going forward. Exactly. You should do it. I think a lot of us, we lack confidence even when we've hit a certain kind of, you know, level, should we say, in our entrepreneurial pursuits. But it's it's something that can also stunt the growth of a lot of businesses as well, where the person behind the business is maybe lacking a bit of confidence or doesn't feel as if they've got as much to share um, as they obviously do a lot of the time and uh, I don't like seeing that I think when somebody gets to the point where you are you've got to even you've got to press even further down on the gas to keep that momentum building and uh, very proud of you thus far you've come a long way in a very short period of time so kudos to you well thank you and I think you know as online entrepreneurs as we most are on this podcast you know, it's hard to know what goal you're achieving because I'm achieving my goals, but I don't know that in relation to other business owners or businesses. And I think a lot of times what happens to me is I keep going after what are old traditional media stats, like as far as my book launch or page views or any of those things. And those are all changing, but the new stats or how we measure business today isn't really out there to compare yourself to. And so you don't really know how you're doing a lot of the time you're absolutely right so let's let's break things down then right let's let's look at what we can do to maybe recognize things a little bit by being a little bit more organized so i mean you've you've helped hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of people through your website and what you do there and the work that you've done with with clients as a you know a professional organizer and all that sort of stuff but i really want to deep dive and zoom in on where we as entrepreneurs are losing the game, losing the battle in regards to being unorganized um, and what we can do to obviously rectify that issue and get past things. Because, I mean, for me, organization is more than just having a solid schedule in place. Like, it's everything around me. It's everything. It's everything to do with my business and my life. But a lot of people struggle. I still struggle from time to time. I think everybody does to a certain degree with this. But I think I've got, for the most part, I've got things under control. But where where are people having problems the most when it comes to their business? I think especially for people who work at home, which is the majority of this audience and more and more people every day. Oh, yeah. It's keeping focused. So... My office is in the corner of a bedroom, which, of course, they say is not a good idea. But I love it here. It has great light. And I just love where my office is. It's a small desk with a bookshelf. That's it. I've gotten rid of almost everything because a lot of the things that we're collecting and saving and pinning and printing are actually just busy work and distractions. And in order to be organized, you need to be focused, which is why, you know, I love your book about getting a virtual staff and outsourcing as many tasks as you can, what that does in addition to getting those things off of your plate, it forces you to then focus on the things that are going to really move the needle, make you money and be able to pay for that staff so that you can move your business forward. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why the book continues to sell and sell and sell because, you know, it's something that 
people require. You know, the art of delegation doesn't come very naturally to pretty much everybody that I've come into contact with. It's something that you've got to work on, particularly as entrepreneurs, you know, we're those A-type individuals, right, that want to do everything. And so it's not a natural thing to let go and to delegate. But what happens is when you start doing that, amazing things can come your way. And, you know, extra time with, you know, your family, extra time on work, extra time traveling, extra time doing everything. Um, And time, as our listeners will heard me say over and over and over again, is our most valuable commodity. It is something that should be treasured. It should be something that's used. I remember my father once said to me, money isn't something that you should worry about. It's something you should use. Whereas I think time and the way that we use it is something that we should worry about because unlike money, which will come and go, when you spent your time, it's gone forever. So I, I kind of feel like it is something that we should focus on, but it goes beyond delegation. It's also just managing your own time and obviously organization helps with that. So what can we do as entrepreneurs? Like, let's say we're working at home, okay? And let's say we are wanting to become just a little bit more organized on a day-to-day basis, what are some of the things we can start doing? So I like having three goals at one time. Like you can have 12 goals for your business, but only be working on three or less at one time. And so I love how you always talk about batching things. So in addition to batching, you can focus your time on those three goals. Like this summer, I was writing a book. So 75% of my time was focused on writing and publishing that book. And right now I'm focusing on a new webinar program I'm launching for January. So 50% of my time is focused on that webinar. How this helps you is as you see ideas on Pinterest or like today, I just got approached by a company to be a rep for them. It doesn't match my goals. So I'm going to defer that decision until January because it doesn't match my goals right now. What I like to do, you can use Pinterest or Evernote. I am a paper pencil kind of gal, so I will print out those opportunities and I put them in a basket and I go through the basket about every six weeks. I go through all of the opportunities that came in over the last six weeks and see if any of those will match what I'm doing in the next 90 days and really kind of get my creative juices flowing again, see all the opportunities out there, pick two or three and then go deep on those over the next 90 days. Love that. And I love the fact that you can say no, but not to the point where it means no forever, right? I think, you know, the fact that you, you'll, you'll use the word defer and not I'm going to decline that offer. Um, that's a nice way of looking at it, actually. I like that. Okay, let's talk workspace. All right, let's talk workspace. Mm-hmm. This can be so, oh God, I'm going to have people now tweeting me, sending me messages, you know, saying my, my, you know, I've taken photos of my workspace before and people have said, people have said to me, oh my God, I wish my desk was that clean. You know, what a great space. And I'm looking at it and thinking, that's bloody horrible. It's messy as hell right now. I mean, what obviously is clean and tidy to one person is, is completely messy to the other. What should we have around us to, you know, kind of, I guess, promote that? productivity. I'm so glad you brought that up because there are different levels of organization. Like people usually call us to come into their house and they say, we're hoarders. And I'm like, I highly doubt it. And I get out there and it's a little bit messier than my house. I'm like, um, we can do this in a day because it's not as messy as 
you know, some other houses are, but they feel like it's so disorganized. So it really depends on when do you feel overwhelmed? That's why I only have three goals now. I used to be able to do seven to eight, but then I realized I just felt stressed all the time. And that's why I only will have three now. So I work in my office. And for the first two years of my business, I sat in this comfy chair and I used a TV tray to hold my laptop computer. That was my office for two years. Now I have a small desk and a bookshelf and that nice chair and a few things around me. You need something where you can jot down notes. Like as you're working, you will get all of these ideas because we're entrepreneurs. Write them down and keep working on what you're supposed to be working on. Throw those ideas in that basket you're going to look at every six weeks. You need to have your favorite pens. Like whatever you like to write with, go buy more. I'm saying Mm -hmm. you could buy more. I recently hooked up an extra monitor to my laptop computer And that has been amazing. I did it when I was transferring my WordPress website over to Rainmaker, thanks to you. Okay. (laughs) And it was easier to see. But now I love it because I can have my calendar or my email or a video running on one, and I could have something else running on the other. So if at all possible, it's great to have two monitors, have some kind of um, a calendar system. And then another idea is I print out a lot of things. So, for example, this podcast interview, I printed out the email that you sent me. And at the top, I always write the date of the interview, the time of the interview, and the mode of the interview. So I wrote down this one was going to be a Skype audio call. Then I put those in a folder with the most recent one on top. So that way, I can always look at that and know, okay, my next interview after Chris is going to be on the 7th at 10 o'clock, and it's an audio call. And so my to-do list is already printed out. And there, I'm, I'm sure many people are very electronic. What I find is women are more paper pencil. And mm. people who have not worked, I've never worked in a traditional office. They are not as electronically inclined. And I'm a very concrete, analytical thinker. And so the abstractness of the computer sometimes, um, if I were to put it in a file, even a physical file, I will forget it. I need a pile. So I print out all of those meetings or podcast interviews, and they're just in a small stack here in order. And that really helps keep order for me as well. I love that. Okay. So when you go to, when, when you go to people's houses, for example, um, what, are the, what, are, what are a couple of things, and we might be going off a little, a little off target here in regards to not necessarily entrepreneurial, but I'm, um, you know, I think that particularly when you work at home, so much of your personal life bleeds into your work life and vice versa. So I guess this is relevant anyway, but a couple of little things that you see people struggling with over and over and over again in regards to their organization in the house. So I'll just do home office area. We'll just keep focusing on that because we organize a lot of home offices. Okay, cool. Primarily, it is they get overwhelmed by the amount of paper they have, especially if they've been been in business more than five years, because more than five years ago, we were a very paper society. And so now almost everything might be online, but they still have all those paper filing cabinets, which were full 10 or 12 years ago. So everything since then is just in piles around them. So we handle a lot of paper management. Just take a weekend, go through it all, have it shredded at a local office supply store. It's a dollar a pound. Just move on. The other thing is they've never reevaluated their workflow. So if they've been working for 20 years from home, they're still working the way they did 20 years ago, but the work they're doing is different. And they've never stopped to look at the order in which they do things, the idea of batching, 
um, what hours they work best. So for me, when my kids are at school, that is the best time for me to record podcast interviews, write blog posts, or do anything that takes a lot of uh, focused thinking. But I could do a lot of maintenance tasks or update websites at night when the family is around or on the weekend. So kind of scheduling what you do based on who's in the house and how you work best. If you're a morning person, some people are evening people and they would rather record their webinars and their podcasts at night. And so just know what is best for you. As we move into this freelancer economy, we have more control over our time. So take advantage of that and use what's best for you. And I think the third thing is that people feel they have to go so digital and that they shouldn't have paper to-do lists, paper piles, or print things out. And so often I will say, but that's the way you think, and giving them permission to go ahead and go back to systems that did work 10 years ago that they gave up because they thought they were making forward progress. I love it. So this is so much gold here because I think a lot of people struggle with a lot of it. I think, you know what? It's simple stuff, right, a lot of the time. But because we're so in, in, because we've got things so ingrained into our skulls in terms of the way, quote-unquote, things should be done, um, we miss a lot of this stuff. Uh, we do. We miss a lot of this stuff. But what do you, tell us about one. I'm really curious. Like, I want to deep dive. Can we deep? Can we go deep right here? Can we deep dive for a second? Just for you, Chris. Okay, good. I want to know of a huge organizational rags to riches story that you worked with somebody in the past that when you turned up it was a complete nightmare and when you left it was a totally different ball game i mean can can you can you think of one story in regards to an entrepreneur that you've helped out in regards to that I have the perfect solution for you, okay. or the story right. for you. And this was not pre-organized. <laughs> for you guys no. tuning in, this was yes. not pre. I don't, yes. I don't prep my interviewee subjects. Yeah, at I all. had no yeah. questions ahead of time. No, no, so no. Just okay. So everyone knows. Okay. Give it to so us. This story. Um, this lady was in her forties. She had been divorced five years prior. She had six children. And when we went into her basement, which was probably fifteen hundred square feet, was her basement. There were piles of paper everywhere. Like, you couldn't walk. There were okay. piles of paper on 1,500 square feet of space. And, 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 and what kind of paper are we talking about exactly? So it could be 10 sheets of paper, 20 receipts, or like a bunch of manila file folders. Okay. Everything. What had happened was she had gotten divorced five years prior, and she got stuck and would not get rid of any piece of paper, and she was trying to organize it in piles on her floor. She was the number one salesperson for her corporation nationwide, and she was running a great business. She had provided for her family, but she was stuck. So we came in, and first we organized the paper, which took a long time because she didn't want to get rid of anything. So we categorized okay. it all. Eventually, she got rid of 50%. Okay. But then the problem was she had 25,000 emails in her inbox. She had never archived or deleted anything oh. in five years. Oh, Okay. She was the number one salesperson, but her email was full of fires that needed to be put out, customers that didn't get what they needed, leads she hadn't followed up on. So I went through and I triaged her inbox and I became her, her assistant for four months. And I worked for her 12 hours a week and I created her schedule. And she was driving to four different states with all of these children all the time. Wow. She worked probably 120 hours a week, and I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, it my was gosh. crazy. 
And she met all of her bonuses, of course, was still the number one person. We went through all of her file folders. I organized them all for her business because she was a paper pencil person. And then she had me take the summer off because she earned a trip. She earned something else. At the end of the summer, the corporation hired her a full-time assistant just for her case because when I had gone in and organized her, she was able to be even more productive. And I, of course, created a list of what I did as an assistant. And since they had the list of what the assistant could do to help her, they put it into action. They paid for it. And I did that with a couple corporate CEOs as well who also didn't have virtual assistants. I did the same thing in their lives. As soon as we could show exactly what the ROI would be, what that assistant would do, the corporation hired the employee. I love that. So you ultimately, not only, not only did you end up obviously helping to get it organized and become more productive, but at the exact same time, you were ultimately creating a job description of sorts, right? right For right. her future assistant to come in and, and kind of carry on the good work that you'd started. Um, do you know what she's doing now? Uh, yeah, she's the same, you know. Same position, still kicking butt. It is what it exactly. is. Exactly. And yeah. they've now started hiring more assistants for the other top level leaders because what they realized is outside sales is so much driving that they, these people don't have the time to do all these administrative tasks. And this is a, just a little side rant I have. Um, as all these administrative professionals are getting let go in the United States, and the work is being put on the inside salesperson or the salesperson in general to do the follow-up work that used to be done by an administrative assistant for downsizing purposes, I see it as a huge disservice to the company, to the employee, and to the sales staff because mm -hmm. you can only do so much. It's just it, uh, it's one of my hot buttons that, that administrative staff are getting let go. They are very, very valuable, highly trained, should be respected and honored. And, and it is crazy that we're letting go this part of our business structure. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I have four assistants. Because I have one. Simply because one is not enough. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, when I say assistants, I mean, they're, they're VAs, obviously. One of them is my EA, uh, and she kind of handles my, my calendar, my travel, and, and more sort of traditional personal assistant, executive assistant type roles. And then the other three are virtual assistants. You know, they'll do everything from, um, you know, social media through to, you know, managing my email to, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and I'd be, I mean, I'd be done without them. Like, I don't know how I could remain doing what I do every day if I didn't have them in place. So I, I agree. I mean, you know, I obviously as somebody who is all about promoting delegation and outsourcing and that sort of type of thing, um, I can appreciate that particularly a lot of American listeners uh, or American citizens, people, you know, that they, they sometimes look on outsourcing with a negative light because so many jobs are going overseas. But even in virtual freedom, um, you know, I very clearly pointed out that, you know, there are times when you do need to keep things closer to home, no matter where that home is. Um, and I have people that work for me in the US, in Australia, in the UK, in Europe, uh, all over the bloody place, quite frankly. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying the be all and end all of delegation and, and, and virtual staff is the Philippines. Uh, it's a great place to go, particularly if you're on a budget, but it's not 
what everything is about. I know many, many executive assistants here in the United States, because when I say here, everybody, I'm in San Diego recording this right now in my hotel room. But I mean, I know many EAs here in the US that are amazing at what they do, and quite frankly, do it at a higher level than Filipino VAs. But obviously, you have to pay for the difference, don't you? It's that simple. Yes, but you know, also, and I'll, I only have United States statistics for this, and I know we're talking about business organization, mm-hmm. but when you look at a household, a home in the United States, according to the Pew Research Institute, it takes 28 hours a week to maintain that house, not including child rearing. Hmm. We're talking inside, outside, laundry, grocery shopping, all of those things. And in the United States, that breaks down to 18 hours a week for women and 10 hours a week for men. Currently, that's the statistic. So if you are a working woman, an entrepreneurial woman, you have a part-time job of keeping your house going. And that's if you don't have children and aren't adding in all of your parenting roles to that. So one of the things I usually counsel people who are starting their business is not necessarily to hire a VA for their business, but hire a housekeeper. It's going to save you six hours a week, even though the housekeeper is only there three hours. Hire some, you know, take your laundry out. I have a list of 10 tasks that I tell business owners to outsource that are household related because sometimes it's easier to outsource those household tasks, like have somebody cut your grass, than to figure out how to explain uh, a virtual assistant, how to do something on your blog that you could do in 10 minutes that you only do four times a year. Sure, sure. I get it. Totally. And I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, we, we've had housekeepers for as long as we can you know, remember, um, again, a little cheaper in, in, in the Philippines, but if I was to ever go anywhere else and, and live anywhere else, I would totally, totally hire someone to come in and, and clean the house on a regular basis and do the ironing and all that stuff. Not only because it's just smart to do that, but mainly because um, I can't iron. And yeah. and Urs is... Come on, you're English. You no, should be able to iron. Absolutely not. <laughs> I may be English, but I'm a man as well. There's no way I can iron. I I couldn't iron a sock, let alone a shirt, okay? Let's just make that very clear. Um, All right, so let's talk about digital organization because so much so that we do nowadays is is on the computers, right? What are you you doing? Like, you're the organization expert. If there's anyone that we should be looking up to to learn how to run a successful and grow a successful business online and be organized in the process, we should be looking up at you. So what are you doing? What's your what's your thing? What are the tools you're using, the resources, the apps and all that stuff? Let us know. Let's give it a bit of an inside scoop on how you get things done. Okay. I don't know how excited you're going to be about this answer. I don't have a lot. And okay. No, that's good. Less is more. <laughs> yes. Like as I'm decluttering my house, decluttering my schedule, declutter your electronics. Just because we can fill that terabyte of space doesn't mean we should. Mm-hmm. So on my phone, I have very few apps and I have no notifications turned on whatsoever. So I have to go in and manually figure out if somebody tweeted me. Um, on my computer, I primarily use Google products, even though I have an iPhone. So I love my Gmail Google Calendar yep. because my assistant can be in there. And then I have professional organizers so I could see their calendar at the same time and see when everybody is working. And I color code everything. Love, love that. that. Love that. And then here's a tip for you. I bought my assistant a Google Chromebook. They're about $250 okay. because she doesn't need to have any programs that are not web-based. And she doesn't need to store very much information. They don't have a lot of storage on them, mm-hmm. but they have enough. 
So it was not an expensive computer, but it's Google-based. So she just logs in as me. And so she essentially has my computer on her computer because I use Google Chrome bookmarks. And we share everything through Google Docs. So she basically is logging on into my computer all the time and could see everything I could see except what I've saved on my hard drive. Okay, that's good. It's primarily like that. all I use. Well, that's great. I mean, less less is more. So let's talk about the let's talk about the calendar a little bit, right? Because I think a lot of a lot of people have like I have three different calendars, okay? And the first calendar that I have is focused around my personal schedule, okay? So what I do is I basically that 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 color you'll like this. This is weird. It was set up this way. I should probably change it. But the color code on that is pink. That's mad. I've said it out loud. That's it. It's out there now. Um, and it's been like that for years. The chances of us changing it now is practically next to none. Um, it's so, one button. I know. But it's there, isn't it? Everyone's used to the color now. So what's the point? Uh, too late. Yeah. And I have no problems with pink. I'm, 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 I'm in touch enough with my sexuality to know that the color pink is a fine color for any man to use on his calendar. Um, so pink is the first one, and that's my personal schedule. So that's everything like podcast, interviews, uh, any travel, um, dinners, all that sort of stuff. Personal schedule just for Chris. Uh, and only my EA and my wife have um, access to that calendar. Okay, So the second one is all uh, about family stuff. The color for that is purple. All right. So um, these are all quite feminine colors. Have you noticed that so far? Yes. <laughs> so purple is the family stuff. So anything school related, date night is on there, any, any anniversaries, birthdays, all that sort of stuff, that's purple. That's on there. And then the third one that we have is blue. Here we go. We're going into masculinity here. It's a blue color. And that's the online publishing calendar. So what piece of content is going live and when, and that also includes not only the blog and the podcast, but also anything inside of Upana as well in terms of our proprietary content there too. So that's the way I break things down. I, I wanted to say that because I think I get a lot of people asking me how I do my calendar, but I'd love to know what you've done either on your own with, with your own calendar as well as people that you work with as well. First of all, how am I doing? Uh, am I doing okay with the calendar? Excellent. Uh, my system Good. is very, very similar to yours. And I would say I have more on mine because I have less assistance. <laughs> okay. So I have very similar to you. Blue is the color for our family. And I picked that color because Google gives you four different shades of blue. So the lightest shade is any driving that I have to do. Like if you drive your kids around, put it on your calendar or you'll forget the drive time. You'll see, pick them up at three and you'll stop your work at three and go, oh yeah, it takes half an hour to get there. So okay. put the driving on there. Light blue are kids activities and dark blue are family events. So blue is all family. Love that. I love the fact that you're using different shades. That's cool. Then yellow is for my professional organizers here in Cincinnati. They each have their own calendar that they submit to me and they put at the top as an all day event, any days they're available to organize. And then as we book organization jobs, my assistant goes in and pulls that down as an actual timed job. So they see it on their calendar, but I see it on mine, and all that is done in yellow. Love it. And then I have two more business-related colors. So red or bright pink are any of my business-related activities that involve another person. So this podcast today was in that bright pink color. My in-person meeting tomorrow is in that bright pink color. Any phone calls that are 
permanently on my calendar in that bright pink. And then I go ahead and I plan my week on Sunday and I fill in a bunch of orange boxes and that's my blog color. So like today, I'm recording podcasts for my own website today. I've already recorded three. I'll do one more after this. So it just says October podcasts on my blog today. Yesterday, I had five different blocks and they're different sizes based on how long I think the task will take. But orange means that we can move it around if we need to. And then for my content calendar, that's its own calendar and that's orange as well. And we put those in as all day events. So any blogs or podcasts that are going live are scheduled. I use the whole HTTP link as the name of it at the top so that from the calendar, we can go straight to that, that page. It's not just the title. It's actually the link to the post. I love it. Okay. What else? Anything else or is that it? That's all I see on here. I love that. Huh. Yeah. Less is more. See, everybody, less is bloody more, isn't it? But I do like the three colors of my work, like if it's a professional organization client, if it's an in-person event, or if it's just me saying I'm going to work on this project, because then I know what I can move around and what I can't if I'm trying to squeeze somebody in. Yeah, I'm with you. Let me ask you this. I mean, paper is a big issue. Like, we've already brought that up a little bit. Um, I think also for small business owners, you know, we've always got tons of you know receipts and purchase orders and all this sort of stuff lying around a lot of the time i mean you can use something like quickbooks or fresh books or something um what's your take on on that side of things i mean like with fresh books i don't use it personally but i know many people that do i know that they have this thing where you can take a photo of the receipt and it goes straight into your account and it kind of takes all the numbers out and all that stuff that's like that's game changing isn't it for for most small business owners Yes, I do use FreshBooks. That's what I run my professional organization business in. That's how we invoice clients, collect payments. That's how all of my 1099 contractors invoice me their jobs. Nice. Um, and that's where my CRM is for my Cincinnati professional organization clients. I use Infusionsoft for everything I do on the blog. I don't do the receipt part of the because again, I'm paper pencil. I actually love, and, and this was a game changer for me. After I read Virtual Freedom, I like hired nine people. And that year I made a lot of money, but no profit because I created this amazing team. Sure. And so now I have a very small team and I actually make profit. <laughs> and one of the things I had outsourced was bookkeeping. And I brought it back in house because I didn't see where the money was going, so I didn't pay attention to it. Now I put my very few receipts that I have and any emails, um, I print them out and put them in this little box. And then on the first of the month, I go through and I tally them up and I see what my profit and loss is and where I overspent and underspent and keep a real handle on my own numbers. I love that. So let me ask you this. That, that, that monthly appointment with yourself, does that go on the schedule as well? Or is it just mentally booked in? It's mental. And it's always like the 30th at night. Like I cannot wait to see where I am on my numbers. And it only takes two hours. And then I do our family finances after that. And that usually takes an hour or two as well. And so it's not a huge time commitment. And the other thing I did this year, you know, takes me a while, 20 years in business. Um, I made a printable that is based on the U.S. IRS standards for a Schedule C, which is how I report my LLC income. So at the end of the month, I transfer those numbers right into the actual form I will use at the end of the year. So literally on December 30th, my taxes will be done. I'll just be waiting for everybody's official 1099s and W-2s to me. 
but all of my numbers will be correct because I'm using the actual reporting page as right. to the category I categorize everything. I okay, like that. you say right. I just figured that out this year. I've literally been self-employed for 20 years, and I had the most random categories. I don't know where I was getting them from. Right. Well, I think the other thing is also, and obviously we have a worldwide audience with this show, right? So a lot of those forms and those setups and stuff, they will be completely irrelevant for people, say, in the UK or Australia or Europe or something. But I think overall... Everybody has something that they've got to do from a tax perspective, no matter, no matter where they are in the world. And that it's, I'm glad that you bring that up. It's not just day-to-day organization. It's also the back end of things and things that you know are coming. Like everybody hates taxes. I've got to do my taxes, right? You hear that all the time. But if you're, if you're organized throughout the course of the year, surely it becomes so much easier to just finalize them, right? Yeah, and it really is eye-opening to know what your profit is every month. You know, so many people oh, yeah. say what their numbers are based on their gross numbers, but what is your profit? Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. I remember, and this, you know, you're not the only one, right? I can tell you something right now. I've been in business for, my 12, for, my, for myself almost 12, 13 years now, and it wasn't until probably about five years ago, maybe six years ago, my financial director, who works for me full-time in our facility, um, came in and... Uh, she gave me a printout of the last quarter's P&L statement and profit and loss statement, right? So, so I'm, she gave me in, inside a folder, like a little uh, legal folder, and she said, here's uh, last quarter's numbers. And I said, well, thanks very much. And I put it on my desk. She was going to walk out. Now, she's Filipina, okay? Filipina, particularly women, uh, Filipina women are very conservative, very by the book in the workplace. And they, they don't usually speak out of place with their boss, right? Um, you know, stay quiet until you're spoken to sort of type thing. But this lady's been working for me for a long, long time. And I've known her even longer before I even started the business. And just as she was walking out, she turned around and she said to me, you know what, uh, boss, I think it's a good idea that I actually teach you how to look through that document. Because <laughs> <laughs> she knew what you I go, was... girl. <laughs> I know. She, she knew what was going on. She knew that I would just be looking at one number and that's our net profit. Um, and I'd be like, oh, oh, great. Yeah, we made a load of money last quarter. That's great kind of thing. But the moment she actually sat down, and it did take an afternoon for her to really talk me through it properly so I could understand everything that was broken down, all the percentages, where the costs were, et cetera, et cetera. Once she did that, it revolutionized the way that we looked at things from a budgeting perspective, from a cost analysis perspective, the whole kit and caboodle. And the next quarter on even... Even fixed costs, I know this might sound crazy, but even fixed costs, we were able to drop down our variable costs as well. And we ended up making like an extra 4% margin the next quarter because of the fact that I actually looked at where we were spending our money. So it's not just about all the money that's coming in to our business. It's now all about the money that's going out as well. And I think a lot of us we lose track of that, particularly as, as online business owners, because a lot of the, our costs are recurring costs, they're monthly costs, annual costs online for this piece of software or that CRM or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, there's little things like, you know, email, like you mentioned Infusionsoft, there's ConvertKit, there's Aweber. Yeah, that's not a little thing. Infusionsoft no, is not a little thing. It is not. Thing. But no, you know what? But none of them are. Once you get to a certain point, yeah. they all become relatively expensive. But here's the thing. Are you getting rid of the simple thing right here? Are you getting rid of the people that have already unsubscribed from your list? Because, 
Even though they've even though they've unsubscribed, they might still be on your list, so to speak, and you could still be getting charged for it. And in some cases, it could be an extra fifty dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month. So if you're not culling your list regularly, um, it, you know you're probably spending money that you don't need to spend. There's little things like that that we started zooming in on that really change the profitability of our business. And I think it all comes down to you know organization. So much of what you see in magazines are pictures of a whole lot of stuff that looks beautifully displayed, color-coded. But really, true organization is about looking at what you have, deleting what you don't need, and then organizing what you have left. Like, uh, a sum 18 months ago, I deleted over half the content on my blog and half of my Pinterest boards because they didn't serve the message in the community that I had grown. Yes. If you're looking at your apps on your phone, I did this while I was in San Diego. I deleted a whole bunch of apps and opened up another eight gigs of memory on my phone. <laughs> if you're looking that's at a lot your of apps, eight gig, that's a lot of apps, Lisa. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, a lot of it was pictures. Actually, going through and deleting all the pictures and videos. Oh, yeah. Don't you know, your talk Facebook to me videos, about that. that. That's my. Uh -huh. That is my. That's my Achilles heel, right? I, I I'm a nightmare. I snap everything, and yeah. I don't. When I say snap, I don't mean Snapchat. I mean take photos of everything. Um, and I, I rarely delete them because there's so much space on the phone. You just mm -hmm. don't, you know, Last time I looked, I had like 4,000 photos on my phone. It's ridiculous. You, nobody has that many photos ever. But if they right? upload to Dropbox or wherever you have them automatically syncing, then you can just delete them off your phone. It'll run faster. For sure. Absolutely, yeah. You're 100% right. And I, and I did. I culled actually a lot of my video content because I was in the process of shooting a lot of stuff here um, and I needed the, ex the additional space. But yeah, it, it's about just getting – just kind of building up a bit of a personal system, isn't it, to, to – to continue to make sure that you update it regularly. Here's a great way to think about it. You know how you're playing poker and they say don't fall in love with your hand? And if you want a new card to pick up, you have to discard something because you mm -hmm. only can have five in your hand. Well, think about it that way in everything. In the goals that you have right now, in the expenses you have right now, in the amount of, you know, whatever you're doing. Like if you want to do that new thing, you have to get rid of something else. You can't just keep saying yes and adding and adding and adding because that's when you get overwhelmed. I love it. God, what a great, and, and you know what? We're going to end it there. That's the perfect way to end. What a great closing message. And you didn't even know you were delivering it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Our time has come to an end, but I've got a very sneaky feeling that this conversation is going to remain with me for a long time because there's, there's, I think we do need to place more of a priority on organization across the board. And you and I have you know, we've talked about this, we joked about it a little bit and things like that, but I think that ultimately people aren't prioritizing it as much as they should, particularly in their business. And uh, I hope that this episode serves as an evergreen episode that people can tune into even five years from now and it's still going to be more than relevant for them. I do think that when you take the time and you look at your business and you reflect and you eliminate and you add and you get organized, you're able to move further in your business and go to the next level. Not being organized will hold you back and place a ceiling above you that you need to organize in order to get to the next level. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, Lisa, you're amazing. I think you're awesome. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This is a dream come true. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> it was all my pleasure. It was all our pleasure. 
all the thousands of people that have just been listening to you. So for you guys uh, tuning in, you want to find a little bit more about Lisa, which is all about Organize365.com is where you want to go. Links to that and to pretty much everything else that we've discussed in the show will be available on the show notes, which are over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 196. I'll be back at you again uh, next week with another fantastic episode. Until then, take good care, be kind to each other, and go out and do fantastic things. And most importantly, get organized. Am I right, Lisa? Yes, get organized. (laughs) Take care, everybody. We'll be back at you again soon. Bye for now. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business, as well as rub shoulders, gain support, have access to immediate feedback, as well as nonstop accountability from your peers. Is something that excites you? Then visit youpreneur.com for more information and to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of today. today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.